Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. It is Myth Monday. We have an exciting topic for you. Ben and Brian are here, and we're going to try to change things up a little bit. We talk so much about a lot of native species of animals and plants that we have here in the United States, North America, and even really here in southern Missouri where we live. We're changing that up, and we are going to talk about animals that live in the desert. We're talking about camels today. And to be specific, we are going to address whether or not camels store water in their humps. That is the myth. We hear that a lot. Everyone talks about they drink, 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 all the water stored in that hump, and they can go for days without water, with all the water in their hump. Again, yet another myth that I was taught as a child that proves to be incorrect. I'd love to have a hump full of water. (laughs) Well, they do make something called a camelback water water bladder. Yeah, they do. I have bought... Several of those, the water bladders you're referring to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a brand called Camelback. And unfortunately, they are inaptly named because camels do not, repeat, do not store water in their humps. So Buffalo Wild Wings is to Camelback. Right. <laughs> Got it. Yes, yes, just, yes. Buffalo Wild Wings should be Bison Wild Wings. And, right. And Camelback should store something else in it besides fat. water. It should store <laughs> fat in it. So... Let's really break this down. The humps are super important. They have a purpose and a reason for this animal, and they are, it is storage, but they are not storing water. They are storing fat, and it is very important for them because they go long, long stretches in these dry desert climates that they live in without finding or eating food. They can actually go four to five months without eating if they have a fully stored fat reserve in their hump. That is amazing. It really is awesome. And if you remember from some of our survival episodes, we can go three weeks max. So they they are going more than four times what we can. Um, That's because we don't have humps on our back. That's right. We don't. (laughs) So there's really two types of camels, and most people just break it down to one hump camels and two hump camels, but they do have names. The two humps are called Bactrian camels, and they're native to uh, China and Central Asia. However, they are endangered. And there's actually a domesticated version of the Bactrian camel, and then there is the wild version of the Bactrian camel. And that wild, uh, we'll say a wild population in China of the Bactrian camel is the only wild population of camels left in the world. So Aladdin the movie. Correct. Only, that's, it takes me back to when I'm watching these cartoons and I'm seeing a camel, and I keep thinking of Aladdin. Yeah. And I don't remember right now if there was a one hump or a two hump yeah, a one camel. Hump. I think it was, yeah, one hump. Because we would know that it was one hump because if we're talking about Aladdin, that would be in the Arabia. The Arabian region, right. Right. And so the second, the one hump camel is known as a dromedary or Arabian camel. Dromedary or Arabian camel would be that species. And they're the one hump. That's one you're going to see in in a lot of zoos. and um, They have them in Australia now and then... The Sahara Desert in Africa is probably your largest population. And I'm not going to call it a wild population because they've actually been domesticated. So any of the Bactrian or one-hump camels that, excuse me, the dromedary or one-hump camels that are living in the wild are actually feral populations, meaning they were once 
domesticated and they've escaped or been released back to live on their own without humans. Um, so they're actually feral populations. They're not that original wild population of camels. Hmm. And I learned that in this research. I didn't did not know that. And those are going to mainly be in India and Africa and the Sahara Desert, like I mentioned. And then there are some in Australia. So if their humps are for food, what are they eating? How are they filling that hump with fat? What do you mean? What What's their diet? What, are the, what, are the, what does it consist of? Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. You know, I don't know if they find eucalyptus. However, eucalyptus is a plant, and they are mainly herbivorous. So uh, they're going to look and scrounge for every piece of green plant that they can find, and they're going to eat it. And they have some special things going on with their body that allow them to do that in such a harsh climate. They have really thick, leathery lips. So if they're eating things that are rough and dry or spiny, it's not hurting them. Um, they also are ruminant animals, which means they have multiple stomachs like a cow. Mm. And they rely on bacteria for that digestion, which allows them to get the most out of that because they can chew it. They actually spend most of their whole 24-hour period of a day chewing up their food. Chew it up, swallow it down to the rumen, regurgitate it. Chew it up again, making sure that their their body is getting everything out of that that they can so that they can store um, it, their fat supplies into that hump. Now, people will say, well, I've seen this hump on a camel. It was laid over. It was deflated like a deflated balloon, and that does happen. Um, and it's not really deflated because it's not filled with air or water. However, as they're using that fat supply, obviously that hump is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And it almost lays over like a like a captive whale's fin. So do you know with a two hump, does one store and the other doesn't? Or on a two hump, are they both storing? I do know. They both store. They're both storing. So on the two humped camels and the one hump camels, they're they're all storing fat. And so you would think if you had two humps, you'd be able to go longer without eating. Longer than the four or five months. That's what I was going to ask. Can a one hump not go as long as a two hump? However, it hasn't been found that they can. Wow. They can. They both go about the same amount of time without eating. And then there comes the questions, well, lots of animals store fat. They just kind of store it all over their body or on their stomach. Um, and they don't know. It's just theories about why it's like that because in, in my mind, it's it's God's design, so we're not going to know. We didn't design the, the camel. Um, but we can theorize. We can study as humans. We have that privilege. Um, a way that they cool off, they'll lay their bare stomach in the sand. And if it was covered in fat, they would be insulated around that. Almost like when we, you and I go camping, we tell people, you've got to have a barrier between you and the ground because you the do. ground is going to suck your body heat. Mm -hmm. Well, they want that because their climate is so hot. So they don't want all this fat and insulation. So let's have it up on our backs. The other side of that is they think that because uh, the way they're built with that hump, it makes them tall and slender, reduces the surface area that the sun can actually beat down on them and hit. Wow. Yeah, the only thing I knew was that about at the top of the hump to the ground is about seven feet, so a lot of them stand at, at that height. Huge animals. Mm -hmm. Talking, yeah, seven feet tall. The females are going to be about 1,000 pounds, and then your males, your full-grown males, are going to be about 2,000 pounds. Now, their closest relative is going to be llamas. However, 1,000, 2,000 pounds, if you listen to our bison episode, that's the same size as a bison. So you think about how massive a 2,000, 2,200-pound bison bull is. Camels are that large. That's awesome. And it actually reduces the amount of predators that they have. There will be some things, jaguars and things, that take them down. But for the most part, they're left alone because they're so huge. So they live in the desert. If their hump's not for water, they're going to have to still preserve water because it's not just going to be readily available. 
Um, do you know a couple of the things? There's a lot of things that they do to preserve water. Do you know? Can you share a couple of those? Well, I mean, they store water in their blood for sure. They do. Their their blood is amazing compared to most mammals. Mm-hmm. Um, another, I mean, it's going to be within your organs, right? Just like just like us, we have water in almost every organ that we have. We do, yeah. And as we get dehydrated, it's going to start pulling from those resources. You know, up to the point where you have organ failure if if mm-hmm. you let it get that way through dehydration. So. Um, that's so the only two I can think of right now. Yeah. Their, their kidneys are hyper, hyper efficient. Mm. So they are getting all the waste out. We as humans, when we get rid of our waste, our, our kidneys, we we're pumping out a lot of water. That's why we have to drink all the time. And we're trying to have our urine stay clear so that we're hydrated. So how much, then how much does a, let's compare that. How much does water does a camel need? So they obviously being how big they need a lot of water. But they need so much water that when they have access to it, they will drink 30 gallons in one sitting. So in less than 10 minutes, if they have access to 30 gallons, they will drink 30 gallons of water. Yeah, if we did that, it'd kill us. If a cow did it, it would kill it. Yeah, like, it would kill yeah. so many different animals. But they have special things going on in their body. Um, so let's let's put that in perspective. That. Yeah. So your average, we'll say temperate climate. Mm-hmm. Your average adult that's healthy if we're going to say on the male side we're looking at all they usually teach three liters so you're talking about humans for humans we're looking at three to 3.7 liters a day that we need as humans on the male side females two liters 2.7 right in there so but there isn't a chart that you can look at and it's exactly the same for everyone everyone has their own single formula because of height weight everything but with that said we only need then roughly three liters a day so, so 30 gallons is over a hundred liters. Right. <laughs> Just to try to put that so in perspective. We, we would, we would literally drown ourselves. We would dilute our blood so much if we did that, that we would die. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. We, we can't handle it. However, they can, because I said they're rumens, they have multiple stomachs, so they can keep water in that first stomach and that rumen and slowly release it to the rest of their stomachs and body. So they're not getting all that at once. We wouldn't be able to control that because we'd have 30 gallons at once, and that goes for a lot of other mammals But we also, as well. We also, just like the camel, we get water from our food. Correct. So when you're talking, let's just do two examples, like spinach and watermelon. Mm-hmm. They're like 100% water in their weight. So like you're getting so much water from food that you're eating. However, we also have to have water. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and their bodies are, as rumen, they're super efficient at pulling the water out of what they're eating. Absolutely. So That's good. Their blood is special as well. So a lot of mammals, including humans, as we get dehydrated, our blood actually becomes more viscous or thick, which makes it harder for our red blood cells to pass through, harder for us to get oxygen. Theirs does not do that. It doesn't get thick. They're able to prevent that viscosity from rising, so they're still able to uh, pass all the red blood cells through. It's not coagulating. I wish. I think athletes would probably like to have that. Yeah, they'd probably be really efficient. Yeah. Also, another thing about their blood that athletes would probably love to have, our red blood cells are generally pretty round. Their red blood cells are small and very uh, kind of oval-shaped. So as you think about it, as you become dehydrated and your blood vessels start to shrink, it's harder for your blood uh, red blood cells to pass through well being small and oval shaped even if their arteries and, and veins start to shrink these blood vessels can still pass through there because of their small oval shape wow um, just just a, really amazing all the things that that they do that even their blood is special um, but their feces their bodies their intestines are so efficient at removing water that their feces is pretty much dry 
it comes out pretty much completely dry. So, so my survival mind's taking over here. So well, what you got for me, survival I'm, man? Well, I'm going to say that that would be some great tinder. Absolutely. Fantastic you, tinder. It has been known people do collect it to start fires with. It's a great fire starter. Um, easy to light because it's dry and full of fuel. That is awesome. Yeah. Have you ever lit? Have you ever lit a camel turd on fire, Ben? <laughs> I haven't got to yet. But you'd it's like on my bucket get, list. Yeah. You know you work with somebody weird when they want to get their hands on a camel turd. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do here picking this business partner? So some other other very interesting things about camels to preserve water, because they're taking advantage of every little moisture droplet they can. When they exhale, when you and I exhale, all the moisture that's in our breath it, it's just leaving us. It's it's going out. We're all exhaling moisture all the time. So let's talk about there are ways that we lose water. Correct. So you're talking right now about respiration. Mm-hmm. We also have perspiration. We have, well, urination, defecation, and certain examples, regurgitation. Yeah, and those are all the places we're looking at for camels of, of ways that they have special uh, tools to, to prevent that. All those areas, that's exactly. So as the as they're respirating, exhaling... Their nose is actually specially designed to catch all that moisture that they're exhaling, so they're not losing it from their body. As well as, uh, what was another one uh, you said? Uh, we have perspiration. Perspiration. Yep. That's the one I'm looking for. Perspiration. So you and I, our bodies want to be about 98.6. COVID might have changed that. But we're going to say 98.6. Yeah. As we go outside, even if our body temperature isn't changing, if it's hot, we start to sweat almost instantly, right? Some people more than others. Mm-hmm. Um even if it's not very warm outside and we're moving, we're going to sweat. I mean, I've been deer hunting when it's 20 degrees. If I'm moving, traveling, I'm going to sweat, right? Mm-hmm. Camels, they do sweat. Some people say they don't sweat. However, they don't sweat until their body temperature becomes very high, so high that if our body temperatures reach that, we die. From hyperthermia. From hyperthermia, correct. Yep. So their bodies do not sweat until 42 degrees Celsius, which is the equivalent to 107.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'm not talking about outside temperature. Body temperature has to be 107.6 before they start to sweat. At that point, they're going to have to sweat to start get that body temperature back down. Camels can survive temperatures of 120 degrees in the desert. Man. Absolutely amazing. You know, currently we're going through a heat wave, and I'm thinking these 103 temperatures are bad, but mm-hmm. to... To be in 120 is unimaginable, really. No, I, I can't imagine. I've never experienced this. I don't yeah, want to. It would be awful. I don't want to. Oh. Some some other really interesting things, and this doesn't so much go to their water preservation. We've talked a lot about that, but just things that I found really interesting as I was learning about camels or the things I've learned. Um, they can completely close their nostrils. So I don't know if you've ever been in a, a dusty, desert, sandy environment. As the wind is blowing and there's sand and all these things, or you're eating thorns they can close their nostrils to prevent all that debris and stuff from going into their nose Hmm. also limiting again the loss of water through respiration wow so they could actually be exhaling just through their mouth instead of through their nose so Hmm. they're not losing as much also if you ever look at one up close next time you're at the zoo or next time you're in the sahara desert (laughs) look at their eyelashes and they're very very long kind of like a giraffe so as they're in these thorny things trying to get every green thing possible they're going to have to reach through those big long thick eyelashes are protecting their eyes wow and i have seen that before i've actually wondered why they were so long compared to their body like just the, they are really long so right. to protect their eyes i knew from dust but you're also saying for when they're feeding when they're actually eating from 
whatever vegetation source right. that is. So we've we've hit on a lot of amazing things about camels, and as you study them, you can even look up more. There's many more amazing things. Uh, what I really would like people to take away from this, besides the fact that camels are storing fat and food storage um, in their humps and not water, like commonly thought, I really want people to take away what I got from this, and that is that I became a biologist to study God's design, and that's kind of been a, uh, I, I haven't experienced that a whole lot um, in other people. And some people think, well, why would you become a biologist if you don't believe in evolution? And it's because I'm so amazed at the things that God has created. I want to know more about them, theologies. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to study them. So as I'm reading and learning about camels, I'm just, I'm just amazed that there's, there's this group of people that think it could just happen. Because for a camel to have all these things, there'd have to be what I would call perfect accidents. And all these perfect accidents would have to come together for this animal to be able to live in the environment that it lives in. And, and I don't necessarily believe that. I think, it's, I think it's divinely designed because they are perfect for where they live. Right. And, perfect. And ben, you and I couldn't even come up with it if we tried. Right. We, we couldn't even come up with it if we tried. So somebody a lot more intelligent than we are had to do that. You know, I don't like just saying these things without backing them up with with the book that I believe all things come from. So I do want to turn to Scripture. Okay. This is from Job chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. It reads, But ask the animals, and they will teach you. Or the birds in the sky, they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you. Or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. He's not literally saying here, go ask the camel who made you special. He's telling you as an intelligent being, look around you. Mm-hmm. Look around you. Look at how amazing camels are. Look look around you at the fish in the sea. Look at the birds in the sky. They're going to tell you it didn't just happen. I did this. I created it from the beginning of time. The camels that... I had when I was on earth are the camels that you have now. And that that's what drives me forward to keep studying and keep learning about nature, about creation. And that, and that's why I became a biologist and that's why I left teaching it. And that's why I'll continue to study even though I'm many years removed from school. It's so good. And it's so true. Um, I do have questions for you before we wrap this up. Yeah. Why do camels blend in so well to their surroundings? Because they are the same color as sand. Because they have camel flage. Oh my gosh. All right, so we're going to end it on a dad joke there. I hope you guys learned something from this. Camels don't store water in their humps. They store fat. We definitely think that God designed them to be amazing, amazing creatures. They have so many things that allow them to survive in a very, very inclement climate. It never changes from inclement. Um, I hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast. If you want to support us, please find um, our Linktree link on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. We would love to have you support the podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Help us to climb up the charts so more people can enjoy like you're enjoying. Most of all, thank you for listening. Please go out and enjoy the outdoors before you listen to us on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, 
Follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.